Welcome to Clean Beauty Insiders, the podcast with me, Elsie Rutterford. And me, Dominika Minorovic. We discuss all things beauty and business. Clean Beauty Insiders, the podcast is brought to you by sustainable and natural skincare brand, Bybee. For 15% off your first order at Bybee, simply use the code CBI15 at Bybee.com. That's B-Y-B-I dot com. Hi guys, welcome back to the Clean Beauty Insiders podcast. I'm so happy to have you back with us again. Hi everyone, very excited to be here. So we've got a great episode today. Um, we are celebrating the launch of our 50 mil big Bakuchal booster over at Bybee.com. Um, and in light of that, we wanted to dive into Bakuchal as an ingredient um, and just, yeah, talk a little bit more about where it's from and why it's so great. Yeah, we had a great conversation with um, Elisa, who can be found on Instagram under Life of Elisa Lani. Um, she is a skincare expert and a beauty blogger, um, but she has great kind of understanding um, and has done a ton of research around the origins of a lot of popular beauty products um, and rightfully calls brands out when they don't um, properly give credit um, to the cultural um, and geographical origins of some of these ingredients. Um, and Bakuchal has definitely um, fallen into that pot. Um, and I think, you know, because it's such a hero ingredient of ours, we wanted to dedicate a podcast to really um, explaining and shining a light on its origins, um, its kind of more traditional uses in um, Eastern medicine, um, and really understand um, why this ingredient is so great. Yeah, so we'll stop talking about it and let Elisa tell you more. Here she is. Hi, Elisa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Elsie and Dominica. Nice to be on here. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you on. Yes, I'm so excited to chat with you guys about today's topic. Yes, cool. Well, before we dive into the hot, to- hot topic of Bakuchil, or actually maybe that will be one of our questions is what's the correct pronunciation? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of pronunciations that go around, but... Before we dive into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, your background, um, your kind of beauty journey as well, how you kind of got into beauty? Yeah, that's been fine. Um, so I'm Elisa. Um, I'm currently in Seattle. I started my beauty blogging journey around mid last year. Uh, it's been a long journey, even though it hasn't even really been one year yet. I first started out blogging about just cruelty-free beauty, and then I started learning more about ingredients, and I started getting into the clean beauty movement, I guess I would say. Um, I turned away from it, though. Like, a lot of it was fear-mongering. I mean, of course, uh, clean beauty doesn't have an exact definition, Um, so now I'm more focused on conscious beauty, even though that doesn't have a specific definition either. Uh, to me, it just means focusing on things like sustainable packaging, uh, sustainably and ethically sourced ingredients, um, and just the overall ethics of the brand. So that's pretty much where I'm at in my beauty journey at this moment. Moment. 
That's so interesting about clean beauty. Um, so what was it about the messaging of a lot of clean beauty brands um, that turned you off? Because from our perspective, um, being a UK brand, we don't we don't talk about toxins and we don't demonize ingredients because, you know, kind of like you, we don't agree with that fear mongering. And, and there's not necessarily a lot of validity in all of that. Um, but we've noticed that US brands, they go a lot harder. Um, and that kind of toxin, clean, um, you know, removal of certain ingredients is, is a much stronger stronger message in the US than it is in the UK, which which is surprising. So what what is it about that message that turned you off um, kind of necessarily being like a clean beauty influencer? No, that is exactly like what you're saying. That's exactly what turned me off. Um, I noticed like UK brands, I think they even recently passed the law, like you guys aren't even doing like free from claims yeah, anymore. Yeah, um, I really admire that. I like the UK's style of marketing. The US just, they prey on the consumer's fear so much. And it's so exhausting because um, when I was like starting to get into that, I was getting scared myself and like, oh, I don't want to use this because it's toxic and I'm going to get cancer or it's going to disrupt my hormones. But like you said, there's honestly not that much validity to all of these claims and it's just fear mongering and fear mongering over and over again. Um, but of course, you know, here in the U S like fear sells. Um, but I don't really like when brands do that. Um, of course that's the popular marketing trend here in the U S but I think it's more beneficial that brands just educate about ingredients. Um, even if, things aren't for certain in science right now, they could at least give the available info. And then so consumers can become educated and make the informed choices for themselves, whether or not they want to stay away from a certain ingredient. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think it's, um, yeah. And I, I think that brands are starting to kind of wise up to that now as well. And um, I think we're starting to see that, yeah, some of the messaging around clean is is definitely on the kind of heroing what is in your products rather than what is not in them. Um, and I think for the yeah. consumer, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's just a nicer because also for you, that's that kind of heart goes back to the product's performance and you kind of can understand, you know, how it, how it will work and how it will benefit your skin, which I think is what skincare is all about, really. Um, so, yeah. Right. And I think there was a time when clean beauty was actually, you know, maybe like less irritants um, friendlier for the planet. But now it's just um, kind of spiraling, at least here in the U.S., into something um, everyone's trying to claim clean beauty. But now the definition is just so... I don't know how to explain it. Such a wide range of what mm. could be considered clean beauty. Yeah. Well, there isn't a definition. I guess that's that's the yeah the issue, isn't it? So it, we mm -hmm. see the term used so widely now. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting. So we um, we have to be honest and and tell our listeners about how we were introduced to you. Mm -hmm. um, so so we <laughs> and it's and it's why we we wanted to invite you onto the podcast um, to talk about a specific ingredient today. Um, so you quite rightly um, contacted us um, at Bybee um, rather than on Clean Beauty Insiders um, to ask us to credit one of our ingredients orig origins, um, and we then went on to follow you and um, we're kind of really interested in um, some of the yeah the conversations that you were sparking around this so do you want to tell us a little bit about that 
that ingredient um, and just, I guess, yeah, first of all, talk about its its background and um, and what you were sort of, um, what or why you approached us and, and other brands. Yeah, so um, actually, um, I guess Bacuccio, I think the way you said it earlier was fine. Bacuccio. Before I actually started blogging, I had already read about this ingredient. Um, I think towards the end of 2018, there was an Allure article about Bacuccio, just explaining a little bit about the history behind it and how it's making its way into the skincare world. Um, that's also where I first read how the ingredient has a long history of being used in traditional Ayurvedic me- medicine. Um, so I read it there, but I was noticing, I guess, now that I was actually blogging, that several brands weren't really mentioning Ayurveda anywhere. Um, some were and some weren't. And then um, I was wondering, like, why is that? Um because this is an ingredient, you know, native to that system, um, ancient system. So I tried to, um, first I was going with adaptogens. Of course, adaptogens are so, like, has been the beauty trend for the longest. Um, But now Bacuchiol is coming in, making its way in. Um, And so first I was trying to contact brands about their adaptogenic credit to Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine. And then um, Bacuchiol came about, I was using a product that had it, um, the brand just reformulated it to have this product and they didn't mention Ayurveda anywhere. And I just asked them if they could do it um, and I also contacted the other brands, including you guys, and you guys are actually one of the first to change, make appropriate changes quickly, and um, it's been a good experience with that. Um, at first, I felt maybe I wouldn't be able to accomplish anything as like a small beauty blogger, but several brands so far, including you guys, have been so kind and understanding to just hear my concerns and make appropriate changes. Um, there are some brands that they say they hear me and will keep me updated and they kind of never do anything after that, but I just try to keep following up until they do. Um, but yeah, so far it's been a great experience and, um, I think since it became popular, um, hopefully more and more brands will start to talk about Ayurveda so people or consumers will know the history behind this. Um, trending ingredient so far. Yeah, and I think it's not a new thing in beauty. You know, beauty has always been very guilty of um, kind of fiending off exotic ingredients that, yeah, in Chinese um, and Eastern medicines have been used um, and been around for a long time. And then, you know, beauty kind of glamorizes it and and talks about the benefits um, in a different way. I think for us as a brand, it is sometimes challenging to necessarily know the origins of a lot of these ingredients because we use so many. And as much as we try and be mindful of, um, you know, definitely crediting and being um, not appropriating ingredients from other cultures, um, there are so many ingredients that are so widely used that, 
you know, I'm sure a lot of them come from really traditional practices. And I think it's just great that you're raising awareness of it because from our perspective, you know, we're always about, yeah, not appropriating and giving credit, but sometimes we just don't always know as well. You know, we get sold and active yeah. um, through a manufacturer or a raw material supplier that has a, you know, an inky and a name. Um, a lot of manufacturers come up with their own trademark names for actives as well. So we don't often know exactly where it comes from and we might be told what plant it comes from, but definitely not the context or the cultural context. Um, so I think it's really important for us to keep having these conversations because, you know, the more that we can raise awareness around the origins of ingredients and give credit where it's due is, is super important. But that was, you know, that's the only thing we would say from a brand perspective. Um, it's important just to keep having these conversations. And as Bybee, you know, we will always make these changes as, as swiftly as possible to acknowledge, um, you know, our own wrongdoings. Yeah, right. And like traditionally, like you said, it's been used for so long. Um, the entire plant is used in Ayurveda system. Um, the seeds are what bakuchiol is found in. It's The seeds are especially potent. Um, but the entire plant in Ayurveda, it's often used to treat like a variety of skin conditions like vitiligo, eczema, psoriasis. Um, they even use it to purify the blood. Um, it's like important to know also that in the Ayurveda system, um, they don't actually isolate bakuchiol. Um, they have their own system of complex combinations with other herbs and organic materials. Um, it can change depending on what the patient needs. Um, but yeah, I recently was doing some research before our podcast and um, the bakuchiol wasn't even isolated from the plant until like the 1970s and then its first commercial use in topical applications wasn't until 2007 and um, it was sold in the market under the trade name Sentinel A so I think of course when brands see the trade name like you said thank you list um, they don't really think of oh where the origins they just see that instead yeah, yeah. What are what are its benefits? Like, why do you think it has been? Why was it used firstly in in kind of like health and medicine practice? Like, what are some of its like hero benefits um, that meant that it was kind of adopted so widely? Yeah. So of course, um, the actual you know plant being traditionally used just because it has so many antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and antioxidant benefits. Um, I think around 2018 is when it really got so popular because um, I believe the British Journal of Dermatology came out with a clinical study about it. Um, it was a randomized, double-blind, 12-week study um, for 44 patients, and they were asked to either apply Bakuchiol 0.5% cream twice daily or retinol 0.5% cream daily. And, they, you know, they took photographs at 0, 4, 8, and 12 weeks. Um, a board-certified dermatologist came in and who was, of course, blinded to the group assignments. Um, he graded the pigmentation and redness of each person's skin. And the final results showed all the benefits and showed that acuchiol and retinol significantly decreased wrinkle surface, surface area and hyperpigmentation but the retinal users reported more facial skin scaling and stinging, unlike the bakuchiol users. 
So I feel like this study definitely showed the benefits um, for at least skincare products. Um, it definitely made the way for brands to start coming out with Bocuccio products. And, you know, of course, everyone is so excited and they're ready to get retinol-like results without, you know, the bothersome side effects of actual retinol. Yeah, and it's it's a, the dream situation, isn't it, really? You know, retinol is one of the, I think, probably one of the most clinically proven ingredients in beauty. But because it is so aggressive right. and difficult to use, the dream scenario is that you get those results, but you don't have to go through the kind of rigorous process of making sure that your skin can deal with you know vitamin a right i think that's such an amazing benefit from bacuchiol it's like you can get all of those benefits and then your skin isn't stinging or scaling or anything like if you were using retinol and you're just not used to it or something yeah yeah exactly and back to the kind of controversy at hand, shall we say, um, about the lack of, or, or let's say the appropriation of this ingredient um, into kind of like Western cosmetics. How, you know, so you said a few brands kind of were positive, but you haven't heard back. Um, talk us through a little bit more about some of the reactions that you've had um, from brands where you've highlighted this issue. Yeah, so mostly... Um Mostly from the brands that I've contacted, um, they're always saying, you know, we hear you. Um, we're working on making those changes. Um, we definitely take people's feedback seriously. Um, sometimes they actually do make the changes. Um, sometimes they kind of just, I feel like, don't do anything and kind of let me try to forget about it um, and hoping that I'll forget about it. Um, a lot of uh, several brands have also just been like, oh, you know, we'll raise these issues with our team. There's actually one brand um, recently that I've been contacting and they made, they didn't, they said they didn't want to put it in their product description because, quote, that's not how we want to position this product. So I really don't understand what they mean about that, but because um, of course if you're using you want to use these um, eastern culture ingredients but you're not ready to talk about eastern culture on your brand or mm -hmm. the product that you're using them in which is kind of mind-boggling to me um, I mean if you're gonna use their ingredients like I, I don't know why um, brands have a problem um, to me I've also read um one of my uh, favorite brands, the founder, she's um, an Ayurvedic brand, and she has experienced rejection from retailers um, because they said that Ayurveda is too confusing for the consumer. But I just don't understand that because I don't think it's confusing at all. I don't see how anyone else would have a problem just under like understanding, oh, you know, these ingredients come from an ancient system, you know, uh, it's been used for thousands of years for a variety of things, including the skin. I don't see how that's confusing in any way, but I feel like, I guess, Western brands just, they don't really, unless it's like their culture specifically, they don't really truly understand yet the importance of just giving a few words to credit for the ingredients, but um, overall, I'm, th I'm thankful to the brands who did uh, make changes. 
And we're actually um, taking the concerns to heart um, and did realize it, it was important. Mm. And when you say changes, is that, you know, as basic as just updating website copy? Is that kind of your expectation? Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be so much. That's why I don't understand why um, brands, you know, wouldn't want to just add a few words or something um, just to highlight the, the background, the origin of the ingredient. Um, there's so many brands who... Um, they were willing to update their product description just to include the words of Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, they even wrote articles about it. I mean, you guys are doing a whole podcast about it. Um, I don't really think it's like so difficult. Um, um, a lot of brands, including yours, have even done social media posts um, to actually highlight it. So, um, but... I really don't think it's so difficult um, or so it's like, am I asking too much? I, I don't feel I am. Um, I feel like brands are more than capable of just talking about Ayurveda. If they're, if they're going to use the ingredient, I mean, it, it, I don't see how it would hurt in any way for them to talk about it. Yeah, I guess it, it sounds like where it doesn't fit in with a marketing story. Um brands or retailers are kind of hesitant to to credit it which is kind of sad but I guess yeah that is the the sort of the way that a lot of beauty brands are operated in that the you know there there has to be a, a a big kind of like marketing story around each of their yeah their products and if they've gone one way perhaps they feel that yeah um the mention of um of something that doesn't quite fit into that story could um could be conflicting i mean i don't believe that at all but i think that it just it goes to show that so much of our industry is about is about marketing um and about yeah, yeah mm-hmm. storytelling to the consumer yeah, i agree with that because i feel um like ayurveda eastern medicine it's like not something the consumer the average consumer hears a lot um, they never really hear that in marketing. So it's like, oh, if they see that, it's kind of like, oh, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, whenever you do, like, talk about it, I guess, like, oh, we are using ingredients, you know, they've been used for thousands of years. Um, they're proven effective from all of these, um, you know, cases for so long. Like, to me, when I was first learning about it, um, I thought that was so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. I love that this brand is like using ingredients, natural ingredients that have been used for thousands of years. I think that's like amazing. I definitely want to use that. Um, and I know, I think, um, I don't know if they have Credo Beauty in the UK. But no, that's we one don't. Of our clean, yeah, it's one of our clean beauty um, retailers here. And they're doing like classes talking about Ayurveda. And um, a lot of consumers are, like, so interested in it. And I think as it becomes more common to hear Ayurveda, um, it won't be such, like, a weird, more different marketing tactic. It'll just be, like, common knowledge to know about it instead. Yeah. I feel like it's potentially brands are skeptical about including it because they feel like it might devalue the 
science behind their products or, you know, the efficacy because, you know, for some Ayurveda could be seen as alternative. I don't agree. I think there's, you know, so much proven, as you say, when things have been used for thousands of years, what, you know, what's more clinical and unscientific than that? But I think, I feel like if a brand has a certain image that they're trying to portray, despite the fact that they are using a, an Eastern ingredient, they don't necessarily want to you know, highlight that because it might, for whatever reason, they might feel like it um, can damage the, yeah, the kind of like efficacy or, or um, science right. behind Right, yeah, I see that too. Yeah, I see that too because it's like I've um, seen people when they talk about Ayurveda, they talk about it like, um, like you said, alternative and like something like, like, oh, it may work, it may not work. Um and that's kind of like a little also offensive because it's like, well, if you're using these ingredients, you obviously think they work too. Um, of course, it's not like some hippie medicine or something. Like like you said, it's been uh, used for thousands of years. It's like an ancient system. Um, so like you said, it's what's more um, clinical than not really to have all of these cases of people using these ingredients and it works. Yeah. yeah. Beauty's so silly sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the subject of beauty then, um, so outside of Bakuchil, 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 Bakuchil. <laughs> we just think. Um, well, stepping aside from that ingredient, <laughs> tell us a bit about um, the beauty products and brands that you are currently using, that you currently love. We'd love to hear and have a little deep dive into your your bathroom shelf. Oh, yeah. So um, the one brand I was talking about earlier, um, the brand's name is Ranagat. Um, it's botanical skincare inspired by Indian royalty and Ayurvedic traditions. Um, I love the cleanser from that brand. Um, it's like a luxurious cream cleanser and the jasmine toner that I have. Um, every time I use the toner, like the jasmine scent just calms me and puts me in a relaxed state. But um, I feel like in general, um, one of the reasons I love it and other brands, I'm just a really a sucker for brands with like such good ethics. Like I mentioned before, um, if they've got like a great founder story, or if they've, they're caring for the planet or giving back like part of their proceeds somehow. Um, I just, I love seeing brands um, do that. And also like the marketing tactics. Um, Manavat uses like high quality ingredients and would be considered like clean beauty or green beauty in the beauty world, but they don't really do like the fear marketing or anything like that. And that's one thing I do admire because I feel like in the U.S. at least that's hard to find um, brands that don't greenwash or fair market. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, and although uh, used to used to the people was one of the brands that gave me a bit of trouble when trying to get them to credit Ayurveda for their adaptogens. Um, I do love their the Superberry Dream Mask and. The Adaptogen Mist, uh, those are a couple of my faves. I love, I just love like adaptogenic ingredients, um, what they do for my skin, like ashwagandha, reishi. Um, for makeup, I'd have to say like Ilya is one of my favorite brands. Um, and recently they've partnered with the Terra Cycle um, 
company. So I can get like a free label from them to ship my empty products off to be recycled since makeup products are a bit difficult in that regard. Um, oh, and congratulations on your new launch. <laughs> I was reading up on the night, the night nutrition mask. Uh, I really like the ingredients, so it looks nice. <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure you get some, <laughs> get some in the post because oh. Credo don't have it just yet. <laughs> um, are you guys gonna uh, have it in Credo? Yeah, we will do. It always just takes a little bit longer to get stuff, um, yeah, over to the US. So. We're still quite a mental startup, so <laughs> we don't tend to be, like, we're not very organized like other brands that, you know, it's like they drop it on their website and then a day later it's in all of their retailers on the same day internationally. We're, we're a little bit more haphazard than that, unfortunately, but um, we just want to get products out quickly as well, so we tend yeah, to floor it a like little bit. Indie. Yeah, I like indie skincare brands. Um, like, I feel that indie brands over, like, you know, the really big um, brands, they're actually a bit more human, I guess I would say. Like, you're actually, you actually feel the love in each product. Um, you just, when you just know the people behind it, like I said, I'm a sucker for, like, the founder stories and, yeah. like, well, ethics. you've got them right um, here. <laughs> yeah, like it's not just just the company, just the brand. Like it has so much meaning, more meaning behind it. So I really love that about brands. Yeah, I'm looking for new stuff to try. It's definitely the future. Yeah. And then speaking of mm-hmm. the future, what are your ambitions um, for your blogging, for your kind of like influencer platform that you're building? Um, yeah, like where do you see it going and what are your aspirations for it? Yeah, so I have, like, a couple goals, I guess. Um, um, I definitely want to make more blog posts about ingredients. Um, It's so hard or time-consuming to research ingredients because I guess there's there's so much information out there. But for the most part, I definitely want to touch on um, the most fear-marketed ingredients, at least in the U.S., um, the UK, you guys don't really have to worry about fear for your marketing, but a lot of people in the US um, are so scared of certain ingredients. Um, I've done a post about uh, parabens already, but uh, I definitely want to do more about other ingredients and just trying, like my goal is to try to make everyone like a conscious consumer. Like even for myself, like don't take a blogger's word as the be all end all, um, try to do your own research, um, look at the ethics behind a brand, um, you know, make sure your values align with their values. Just be conscious where you spend and who you spend your money on. Um, I feel like beauty feels like when I spend money on beauty products, it just feels so much better when I feel that my values are the same as the company that I'm, I'm buying from. Um, but I know as well, another goal of mine is to try to be, um, a blogger for everybody. And I know that everybody also includes people who cannot, um, who don't really have the choice of buying, um, conscious products, I guess I would say. Um, sometimes people are just, they can only get the cheapest thing on the market, which may not be cruelty-free, which may not be recyclable, 
it may not be sustainable or ethical, ethically sourced ingredients. Um, and so that's fine. You know, um, I don't want to be the blogger to shame people for the choices that they can they can only afford. Um, I just definitely don't want them to be scared also. Um, when I went to the Philippines, my family, they can't really afford beauty products. And I know if they will buy some, they're definitely not going to be, you know, thinking about all of the things that I talk about. They're just trying to get whatever can work for them. Um, and I just don't want them to be scared of taking care of themselves because they see a, a blogger saying like, oh, this is toxic. You need to stay away from it. This is going to hurt your body. Um, I definitely want to talk about the fear in the U.S. and try to overcome that with actual facts. Um, yeah, and just be, just try to motivate people to be conscious consumers in the end. Brilliant. Well, it sounds really exciting. We'll be watching closely and cheering you on. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. So thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, I think much. beauty products... Oh, sorry. No, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, like, I think beauty products, um, like, it's, well, it's a big part of my life, of course, in you guys' life, but it's just, uh, it's like an easy thing to go... Um, to think about like, oh, how can I lessen my waste or how can I be better in the beauty um, market? And so that's why I really appreciate you guys' brand for always, you know, caring for the skin and also caring for the planet as well. Yeah, we just, we really feel strongly that the two don't have to be mutually exclusive and that you can have great skincare and it doesn't have to come at a weighty cost to the planet. So Thank you for mm. recognizing our <laughs> our efforts there um, and supporting. Yes, we try really hard. It's it's also really hard for us for any brand, but yeah, we're doing what we can. Yeah, I hope more brands um, will become like yours and catch on. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Elisa. It's been um, a pleasure speaking to you. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> Can if you just remind our um, listeners where they can follow you, what are the best channels to reach you on? Oh yes, um, so my page is at Life of Alisa Lani on Instagram. Um, yeah, that is where I mainly post and talk about all of these issues. Um, I have highlights on everything, all the topics that I um, speak on, and where I blog about my favorite stuff. So follow me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Give her a follow, guys. Yeah. She's great. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Clean Beauty Insiders podcast. Give us a follow over on Instagram at Clean Beauty Insiders or head over to our blog, cleanbeautyinsiders.com, to read more content. Don't forget your discount code on bybee.com. You can enter CBI15 at the checkout for 15% off your order.